0: Log Radio.
1: Thank you. Uh, welcome to Gigabits Nation. Thank you for um, taking time to be with us today, as we provide useful information and insights to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get more, better broadband everywhere it needs to be in the United States. Uh, one secret behind a successful muni network is the quality of the partnerships that communities form. Today, we're going to explore the um, partnership started and run by the community of Indianola, Iowa, whose network is operated by the Indianola Municipal Utility, IMU. Joining us today is the general manager who will uh, help us understand some of the details behind their partnerships and their network. Todd, welcome to the show
2: Hi, glad to be here we uh we're excited to talk about uh what we're trying to show on how to add value to the network uh, beyond just what you can do from a technical ability
1: oh, that's good that's good and in that, in fact, Todd has been here uh before uh and talking about the network i say about two years ago um where where have you moved? since then. I mean, you now have a gigabit network, right?
2: Yeah, I think a couple of years ago when we first started this, uh, in terms of going to an active Ethernet system from a from a GPON, we had an old GPON system that served primarily the business community, um, the business corridors in town. And then we've expanded out about a third of the town uh, now into residential um on an active Ethernet system, and we made that gigabit capable, but we weren't using that as a community, and so we didn't incur the fixed cost. In January of 2015, with Simpson College use and and other anchor tenants of the system, our usage was starting to approach a gigabit, and we were able to negotiate a cheaper fixed cost, and so now we can consider ourselves a gigabit community.
1: Excellent. And and basically... um you made that announcement about the same time that uh, the president um, came by to visit uh, Cedar Falls, right? About that yeah,
2: we 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 laid claim of being um, under connected nation, uh, the Iowa's first connected community in terms of certified connected community uh, through that program. But Cedar Falls beat us to the punch on being the first gigabit. <laughs> community in Iowa, and so uh so we uh, we just missed a presidential uh type visit uh or at least inclusion in that but um no we're pretty cedar Falls is one of our leaders in the industry um uh, for municipal broadband, and so we're glad for their uh publicity
1: and now they have a long uh history how long has uh indianola's network been around?
2: Indonola first built their their anchor tenant loops as we would call them, uh where we connected schools, uh utility substations, lift stations, things like that, the city buildings, the county buildings and Simpson. Um that all got started in nineteen ninety nine and then we really didn't build the system to be commercial in nature because uh the cost to do that at that time. Uh, was seen as a little bit prohibitive. So we put in a lot of uh, 12 and 24-count strands. But we did have some 60-counts, and so um, we analyzed those and then tried to determine somewhere around 2005 we built a model um, and attracted our private partner, uh, MCG, over in Oskaloosa, which is a couple counties over uh, to the east of us, and just figured out how to at least serve the business community with, retail internet service. So we we've, we've been in that business since 2005, 2006 um with them, but then we went residential uh just in 2012,
1: 2013. Uh that's interesting cuz I did some work with Atumwa and we had some uh, discussions with uh not with them, but with um the idea of broadband and and what they wanted to do with it and so forth, and but what came out was the MC, MCG, uh was a local company and had a lot of interest in uh, the the wealth affair of the uh, the economics you know of the, the area and that mm-hmm. that was a plus for us and I gather that. That was also a big fuss for for you guys too, right?
2: Yeah, um, that's always been the the question. Is okay, you say that you're going to be an economic engine um, by by bringing these services in. Uh, how are you going to do that? How you know the economic engine part? <laughs> I mm-hmm. think that's in our in, in this industry nationwide. That is the uh, million dollar question. Is a lot of communities. Um, you know, Chattanooga certainly comes to mind. You've got Lafayette, Louisiana. They're trying to get out there um, at, at a national level because it's not enough just to do it at a local level. You have to bridge, it, bridge that information gap to the economic development community about what you have and why it matters. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that's that's the big challenge, and um, that's why we've built the this IMU Partners Program, to try to engage our business community and our economic development community uh, members uh in our efforts to to find that niche for mm-hmm. Indonola. some right. good advice yep. that we some good advice we got um early on about that was find what- find out what you do well in your community and what other industries um can build on what you can do and then Cluster that together and do some sort of sub marketing plan to what you're trying to accomplish as as a larger community, mm-hmm. so for example, um we know that we have simpson college they they import students um and they export students <laughs> so we got to t- so we talked with the president and the board of simpson college and they and that's where we got on the idea of well students have I, they have enthusiasm and ideas and talents coming in on new technology, and then we can export startup businesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: they may mm-hmm. not, and the success or failure of those is really irrelevant to the attraction of the student. Um, mm-hmm. Students and professors want to be educated and learn in the environment, and we can add value to their education through both success and failure. And Mm -hmm. so creating a low-cost, it's not really an incubator model, even though we call it incubator-in-a-box, but creating a a low-overhead model for ventures to be formed and then be acted on and and engaged by multiple parts of the community um, is a clear-winning vision to attracting students and retaining professors. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so... That's that's one of the things that we're doing. Um, we call it a merge. Um, what what's planted together grows together. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an old biblical term. And being uh, somewhat of a faith based college at one time, uh, Simpson latched onto that idea, and we've been able to make that program grow.
1: And so that's just one example of think-
2: as as how the two can go go together. Hmm.
1: And then that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense. And I think the one thing that people need to understand is that we are. I've run across people who want to look at economic development as only the work being that's done to help businesses uh, in in uh, using the network and. What really happens is that there are a number of different parts of the community that work together, actually, and they they impa- they impact on the economic development. And, and in fact, when, when we and I talked uh, recently, um, it was about the STEM program, and actually that was what got my interest back in in Indianola again. Was what they were doing there, and then paying about paying attention to how it affected the um, the economic uh, area. So when mm-hmm. we come back to uh, to the STEM activities, sure. What exactly have you guys done there? And we'll bring it back to the the business side, but let's look at that the, at the college and what happened there.
2: Well. Um the first aspect of of how we're engaging stem is that we want the business community to recognize that we have um local programs and local things going on that can get them excited about being an in individual uh some of to me and stem uh activities at the schools include some computer programming game design robotics club things like that, and they really don't have or feel uh what you would call a friends group or a booster club or anything like that that's natural, and mm-hmm. so i felt I've felt strongly that because we we're saying that we have one of the most advanced networks um literally on earth we may not be everywhere we want to be, but the technology's there, and the platform's there, and the the head end is there that they mm-hmm. should get the opportunity to play on that platform because it's a very low cost for them to be able to do it, so right. we Want to engage the business community and the student groups to be able to use um the network how they can in order to to learn that technology, so we've started to engage them uh on the Simpson side uh, you know they they have their own departmental activities that are going on uh, they haven't had to rely on the network per se but We're looking at the television side for them. Um, They have a student, for example, that's trying to put together a business plan um, that would basically create a student program that would handle outbound video options um, that they don't have now to where they're streaming to alumni and supporters nationwide. Because we have an inbound pipe of... You know more than a gig, and we have an outbound pipe more than a gig, but we're not using the outbound pipe. We're using about eighteen percent of it uh because of the of the need for download so what we've said is let's have this IMU partners program, and your stem ventures um can get together um under the emerge program and you can then have access to the network and so they don't ha i don't have to have separate Agreements with every group that wants to do something. We just have the schools can come in as a partner, and Simpson can come in as a partner. And the rules are is that you can have access to servers at the head end. Um, you can have. We're not going to charge you for the outbound bandwidth that you're using unless you incur a marginal cost to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just want to see you do stuff, and then we can figure it out because Simpson's got the same thing with the schools and that they're they have legal impediments. Um, that prevent them and liability impediments that the we have uh, basic immunity for, because that's our business under Iowa law,
0: mm-hmm. is you know,
2: providing telecommunications where in terms of content and things like that, uh, both the schools and the Simpson have some barriers um, and network security. We, they don't want to be playing inside their networks and behind their firewalls when they're Trying to have outreach programs. Well, ours is all built for outreach, um, so they're going to be able to they're going to be able to do that.
1: Interesting. Now that is um, uh, something. So you were saying that there was eighteen percent was not being used.
2: Eighteen percent of our outbound bandwidth is used. So used. that yeah, that's our peak use at any given time. Um is about eighteen percent of the potential. So if you wanted to in other words, if you want to put a video server an internet video server up and and that's streaming and we could probably handle, you know, three or four streams at any given time outbound. Um and it doesn't cost anything.
1: <laughs> ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Because basically I think a lot of um a lot of thought is given into um the down, the out, the inbound uh, right. traffic, and they sort of, I think, has, forget about the outbound side, which is, um, you know, there's a lot that you obviously you're showing that there's a lot of things that you can do with that capacity, and again, get, you know, the full use of the, the network because, you know, only getting per, um, 20% of your potential. And you can have all that as the additional um, um, things coming together is a good becomes a good resource for the community across the board.
2: Yeah, and and it may just be while they're in their beta phases, and it, that's kind of where the emerge program comes into play. Is that you know we'll let you play on the network and, and try different things, um, either either behind that bandwidth or using that bandwidth. And when I say behind, there's no cost for us for if from going from the head end at a, at a gigabit to the house mm-hmm. or to our local business community. That's just all behind our network. It's just behind our fiber drive. So okay. you can go both directions as an IMU partner. Um, we'll let you start with your first 20 customers here, for example, is my vision, um, and try your beta phases and stuff before you go outbound. And then you can go outbound to maybe a hundred customers. Then maybe then you have to go up to a cloud service. Mm-hmm. But a, at least during those early phases, we're lowering your overhead cost to to experiment.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a, it when it becomes a very beneficial uh, for all the parties concerned it being able to have this. Now does this does your approach is this being used by other uh, city networks, or are you guys somewhat uh, unique in how you're viewing this whole issue of the um, the outbound traffic?
2: I have not heard in the state of another community that's built a partners program that involves an entrepreneurial component uh, in addition to a network access component, um, and so in addition to a schooling component. Uh, in terms of the partnership that we're trying to build. Mm
1: -hmm. Was there a lot of effort, or not effort, but was there a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, um, hurdles to go through, or did people make it very easy to, to be part of this partnership?
2: well our board at the time um that adopted what we call the 2080 agreement and that's a section of Iowa law that allows us to form a partnership that is uh partially owned by the municipal utility but not governed by it so our uh, partners okay. program is individually segregated from our utility board from a legal perspective mhm and they allowed and they were very open that we could we can go try this and go experiment with it and see see where it can go. Um uh, it has taken a couple years for us to go from adopting the agreements to actually providing these services. Um that's for various reasons of customer aggregation, how fast we our, our take rates have gone up. Um so because part of this is going to be driven by local television. Um I mm-hmm. shouldn't I have we haven't touched on that yet, but just this week um we've and our, we and our partner, uh, MCG, have installed a new video server in Oskaloosa that allows us to have four, four local channels to the Indianola network um, that are broadcast to our customers on that network. So, um, And we can put them wherever in the channel lineup we wish to have. So, mm-hmm. for example, we're going ha- to have IMU2, And that is going to be TV Station 2, and that's going to be where our partners can advertise their own content about things that um, promote their businesses or promote their charitable activities or whatever that is. And Mm so it's really taken a long time, but we started with the strategic model uh, back in 2011 saying, how can we get the college and the school's and their business community to work together to maximize and leverage the value of this network and the ability to do things like local channels, the ability to do local advertising on national programs on those on regular channels on the network and what are we going to do with the minor revenue that comes in because we're doing those activities and And the business model is that you would take that advertising activity uh and try to get it mobile. And so our bedroom community, uh, people could s- subscribe to local event advertising, whatever television, and then we would take that money and reinvest it back in the entrepreneurial side to keep these platforms uh, where they need to be um, in order to allow the what I call the human capital activity to take place. And that mm-hmm. is getting us... To, and that's the reason. Then you get together um, with the groups that can actually do things. And I think that's the part that community broadband probably, if I'm going to be critical of our industry, it's that we focused a lot on the advancing the technical side, but not the human capital side of why it's important.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: just having, just using those dollars to reduce the rates a little bit probably does a disservice to the compounded value of using those few dollars to hold an activity, hold an event um, where hold monthly meetings with your, your technical and economic development teams about what's going right and what's going wrong and putting together your advertising about your network and about your community and about your activities and creating that buzz. um, The, the Chattanooga could do on a larger scale because they had scale Mm
0: -hmm. and we just
2: you know, we we just don't have scale here in <laughs> Uh We will have scale, but not never to that extent to where a dollar a month of um, customer fees is going to add up to something that can go become a national um, type approach in terms mm-hmm. of visibility.
1: Right. So um, so that's part of why
2: I wanted to segregate it so we could focus our activities. People would take more ownership of it uh, because they felt like they're were, they were a true IMU partner not just a customer.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't this change the nature of local programming, right? So within, within many cities, there are agreements set up with the, the cable networks and so forth where you siphon off a certain amount of local TV, right? Correct. Right. content but it sounds like a more robust use of those um that uh that TV where yeah. now you're doing a lot more stuff with it you're re- you a- you're able to also able to um what am I trying to say you're you're just opening various doors for your constituents that hasn't been done in the traditional cable uh, local TV stations.
2: Is that correct? correct? And, okay. Yep. And one of the projects uh, that we're working on right now, it's in infant stages, but we've had a couple meetings about it, is that the example is the Indonola Booster Club. Um, they sell advertising to promote for the boosters, um to local businesses inside of our gym spaces. Mhm. And so they're looking at ways of saying, well, well we want we want more advertising to promote during school activities to promote both what's going on in the school, what's going on in the community, uh, at, you know, and there's advertisers that want to pay for that. And I'll I'll throw a shout out um to a Nash, uh, uh, an Iowa based uh very successful convenience store chain that um has said, well, yeah, we want you know, we want on that too, but we we want it to be digital. And so they're looking at how to put up, you know, digital display screens. Well we mm-hmm. can connect that to a set we can connect that to a set top box and that set top box is going can have its own IP address. And so we can actually send a channel only to the IP addresses inside the school buildings, one of our four channels, during sporting events. You can use a a web browser to schedule the advertising loop that's going to show on those. And over time, uh, you can then target that to other customers that could sign up to receive those ads if they wanted to. But the bottom line is, this is about targeting a group of people that are congregated in a space and Targeting a solution for them that also raises money for the athletes. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But but then but but the 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 added value is I can then advertise IMU partners inside those same spaces to a wider audience than what's going to watch my local channel. So and I'm realistic about that that it's what's at the you know when people are watching at the restaurants when people are watching in in gym spaces. That's where we can highlight. Look what the STEM kids are doing too. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, so, and, and it basically creates um, just another avenue for um, people to really ma- make best use of their their broadband network.
2: Yes. But it's also it's also when it comes time for like it or not when it comes time for a rate increase, uh, people think that you're, that you're adding value to the community and that's a good thing. Um, it, you're doing it for both offense and defense when it comes to a municipal <laughs> uh-huh. and it, and using that network to increase the what I one of the one of the models that I, strategic models that I built and gave a presentation on was uh, you've got traditionally, you know, you started this program, you said traditional economic development is like the stock of capital and community needs to to change. Mm -hmm. And so traditionally that's roads, buildings, tax base, jobs. Well then the other side of that is the flow of capital and whether it be ideas and opportunities and things that may not show up on the traditional stock of capital measurements right away because because they're not measurable, but they are valuable. And so to me, that's what we're trying to do is use these technology to increase the flow of capital within the community,
0: mm-hmm. and that's
2: human capital, idea capital, financial capital, and all that by becoming more um, aware of what the opportunities are. And, I, and your audience may, we haven't really explained, is that we're south of the Des Moines, 15 miles, but we're in 100% in the Des Moines media markets, and so we can't. None of our activities have a direct line to Indianola residents because we're part of the Des Moines Register. That's the paper most people read.
0: Mm-hmm. All the Des
2: Moines TV stations. Um, you, if you're lucky, you get one a year out of your community that's a community that gets awareness in the whole market. Well. What we're trying to do is say no, we, we have to use mobile technology and and our own local network as we evolve it over the next ten years to create that flow of capital and, and do that locally.
1: hmm And well, I'm actually, you know, I'm I'm a little stunned a little by this, um in, in a positive way because you know, I've I've been to um a couple of conferences where um, there's a very pedestrian look at how to use TV locally. And I think it's very antiquated in many respects. And what you guys have done is just kind of thrown out the, the usual stuff out to the side and said, we need to think this differently how we want to um create a TV as a um as an econo- as an economical um, resource for the community. Is, it, is mm-hmm. that am I saying it right then? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and our other you know, we haven't touched on it, but our other incentive as a we have a municipal electric utility and that's our primary business for I and municipal utilities. And mm-hmm. so being able to also promote um our sustainability activities and green energy ac- opportunities and energy efficiency things um as the clean power plan rolls out and the importance of as they say becoming not a add more megawatts as a community but use use megawatts um
0: mm-hmm. that that's
2: going to be the, we have a financial incentive as a utility to help our customers lower their bills. And we need to do, And we know we can't do that with direct mail. We know we can't, well, we can do it, but we, we can't do it effectively uh, as we used to with direct mail, uh, our email lists, and things like that. And so that's the other component that we're adding to this is tech. I, I like to say we're about reliability, community, technology, but also sustainability. And those are our four cores that we can communicate to our customer base, but we have to be able to communicate it. And like you like you said, without being able to advertise on TV and in the Des Moines market, um, we're we're going to be tied to a new way. So yeah, we we threw the book away <laughs> and just said, <laughs> what's the most effective way to do those things? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and to me, it's to engage um, engage everybody in the platform, create create incentives for them. Um, and create enthusiasm along the way, and create opportunities, and then the rest will follow.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like you've you put a lot of effort and thought into this, and how you've brought it together. Um, now, does this sort of um, there's an event happening on the 23rd, I believe, uh, this month, um, and uh, maybe follow about uh, that and how that's going to kind of flow in with everything else you're doing. Sure. Um,
2: On April 23rd from 5 to 7 at Simpson College, we're hosting, um, along with the Simpson College Enactus Chapter, and they used to be Students in Free Enterprise, and that's a worldwide organization um, Mm -hmm. that has chapters at at various colleges. And so the Enactus Chapter, and they adopted IMU Partners as one of their projects that they would like to... uh, help grow as a business. And mm-hmm. they actually then use that um as they go to their national competition. So anyway, um we're having an event. Um we're calling it the Indianola STEM Symposium and Appreciation Night where we celebrate science, technology, engineering and math. And what we've tied together is we, we call it Meet the Indians here. Um a lot of times it's for athletes, but this time it's going to be for the STEM teams. And um, they're going to the state competition. Uh the there's a state competition in Iowa for schools that have programs. Um, ours is somewhat modeled through the Technology Association of Iowa. But anyway, um, we're gonna have a little meet the Indians of the five teams. There's about 18 students and their parents. are gonna 18 students and then plus their parents are invited to come. Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna have little. They're gonna have tables and robotics demonstrations and things like that. We've also invited, it's Simpson's uh, Science Symposium Day also, and mm-hmm. so some of their students and professors are going to come and be able to talk about some of the really neat projects um, that they're working on in terms of research and development um, in their educational programs. So then we're going to feed them a little bit, and we have our uh, the director of the Iowa Energy Center, um, which is at Iowa State University. He's going to come, Mark is going to come talk, and explain you know, how, how STEM really gets into wind energy in Iowa, ethanol um, production, biodiesel, and what some of the opportunities are for both college kids and adults um, and, the, and the high school students. We've also got um, on the entrepreneurial side, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Jeff Wood who started um, a co-working space in downtown Des Moines and has really become one of the technology, technology voices. And so we're, he does a, a radio blog show uh, called Welch Avenue Weekly. So he's going to talk about that, and that provides some of our STEM kids that do video and audio um, production over at the high school, a little exposure. And then we've mm-hmm. got a couple of Simpson professors, and then we're going to have some of our Emerge Hub director and his some of his ventures be there too. And then it's just about getting, getting everybody just to stand around and talk about their projects and and see if they can help each other and see what resources they need and just really introduce the community to the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited. We um, came up with the idea a couple of years ago, and we just developed the critical mass and the right opportunity, and it's it seems to be coming together.
1: It sounds uh, very interesting. How you guys have. Um, tied in all the various parts of this. um, Was it difficult to create kind of a master plan for all of these different parts? Because this is, I mean, when you really look at it, um, you guys are doing some fairly sophisticated things that you would normally, I think, expect to come from larger communities Larger colleges, uh, and, and and we're doing it. You're doing it right there in 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 the in, in How how does that come together?
2: Well, um, you know, I people give me a lot of credit, but on the strategic side, um, I was able to put together some fairly abstract flow charts about how I saw this flow of capital and video opportunities working together. Uh, but I wasn't able to actually say okay this is this is how we're gonna make that happen <laughs> and so it just so happens that um is former mayor and um he had been sixteen year mayor or i i believe it was sixteen years, and he had also been a school teacher and he is also working part time for the president of Simpson college mm-hmm. and so he by being mayor um and he was mayor during the time that the network was was built um on the on the first run back in in 99 and he was a pro- he was an active proponent of it so Jerry Kelly and I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out where would the robot where would the local roadblocks be um to make something like this vision happen and then what other ideas do we have for getting around those roadblocks so when we were, but we did that when we were putting it on paper. He and I can talk in that manner that look at this flow is, it, you know, who's going to be the flow gate in this at Simpson? What department head? <laughs> Who do we need to talk to? Uh, how do we get around it? Um, and then we would come to the idea, well, they would, they're going to get on board if if we do this first. And, you know, in our terms, it was, well, let's, let's really focus on entrepreneurialism first as the take rates come up and we can then get back to having a critical mass audience that would get this department excited. So Mm -hmm. um, a lot of that was why the upfront time delay was being taken, because we wanted it to roll downhill. When you have momentum, that's one of the killers of these community projects is you just get your momentum on your first stage, but your second stage, you didn't have the vision of what was going to be the roadblock to get you to the third stage. And so uh-huh. what we tried to do is lay out a lot of that going down, so you can build up speed. So when this opportunity for this event came four weeks ago, and we got we were bantering about how to put it together, it really came together quickly. We knew people have been hearing about IMU partners, but not anything tangible. So now we have something tangible, but they were receptive. And mm-hmm. so you know the receptiveness was dealt with in, in advance. So mm-hmm. it's almost easier to do on a smaller scale, I think, than it would be in, in a city the size of Des Moines. Um, but it's mainly because there's not as many players in the room.
0: Um,
2: and There, there are going to be the obstacles, and you, and you can figure out ways um, to appeal to what they do want. Um, it's not mm-hmm. about going around people because they, they don't want it at all. It's usually about we just don't understand what they do want. And I think you know having a partner like Jerry um was was key to getting a lot of that um planned out. Mhm.
1: Now, um MCG is a partner. They are in the business of laying cable technically.
2: No. But they no, they're or, they're the content. Yep. Oh, sorry, they do sorry. all the content here. We we okay. lay the fiber here and we own it from the pop to the premise and then it's their they they're the light signal, and the actual they have a head end for their television and things like that. In mm-hmm. Oskaloosa, they they have built their own system, so uh, it's a little confusing. But for us, they're the content provider, and that's how we're trying to market uh, them. Ah, now I got it.
1: But in some respects, though, it's a different role because in people normally would associate the 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 infrastructure building rather than the content. Whereas you guys, right. and how did you even discover the fact that they they had that capability? Um, well,
2: I'm from that area, and okay. my, <laughs> that helped. And uh, fair
1: enough, fair enough.
2: <laughs> also, the uh, their one their own, their parent is um, Musco Lighting, and so the Musco Lighting owners also knew some of our board members, and so we made a connection on multiple levels. And that included Jerry Kelly when he was mayor. Um mm-hmm. served on various statewide activities with uh Joe Crookham, one of the co owners of Musco. So right. that's that's how we made that connection.
1: Okay. And a clear, uh, clearly it's working out for you and um um that's going to be I guess one well, another one of those parts of part of the partnership success story is you know how you've worked um that content side with them and uh has worked well overall and I'm no I'm familiar of with their work on the on the infrastructure side um and how they built their network in um uh, in, near the in the other side of uh
2: yeah in Astolissa yep. mm-hmm. they yeah they they had done an overhead um system with on an EPON system that was similar to what we started with and now they're converting to active ethernet.
1: We rely on
2: their technical expertise. There's no doubt on on the ONTs and things in the POP that we rely on them and they're a great asset for us. But from a marketing standpoint um uh, and a branding standpoint that's where we came up with IMU partners. We really struggled with how to use the IMU brand to open the, the trust door with the customers for MCG service.
0: And mm-hmm. so we
2: came up, it just came out of the blue that, you know, we're not IMU telecom, we are IMU network services. We provide a network, and we provide that services are on that network. And so that's where we, they use our symbol, The and theoretically another content provider would do the same thing mm-hmm. um, if, if they so chose to play on the network, uh, they would say, I'm an IMU partner. And, you know, it provides a little bit of a buffer, uh, but also an advantage in terms of the IMU brand.
1: Right. And that's a good thing you get thinking about. Um, In terms of uh, other types of partnerships, what other things have you guys been, been working on?
2: Well, we've been, you know, right now we're just focused on getting the word out. Getting the well, First we just have to get this TV channel all up and going with this new system. Um, so that's kind of going to be our focus the next couple months, and then rolling that out and seeing what type of viewership we can get. Um, I'd like to work on a partnership with somebody who would like to do mobile. Um, I think taking our stuff mobile as a community is, is going to be really important. Um, I don't know exactly how... Uh, from, a, from a business perspective, I should tell you that one of the things we've done is to say, if you're an IMU partner, you just pay an annual dues of about $25 a month. So instead of it being how many ads do you want and what are you going to buy and having to have a labor force for that, it's you're paying for so much access and so much exposure along with everybody else. So mm-hmm. right now... And so by going mobile or whatever it is, we're not going to have to you know, we'll come back and say, "Well, here's your dues, but here's your new platform." That <laughs> <Yeah>, right. Be <laughs> that's yeah. a more effective, co- you know, that's a, so so here's you know, I I think that's going to work um better, but so mobile I think is something that we can do cost-effectively um once we get the the regular platform built. Um I think home monitoring and security is going to be a big business. Um we're test marketing or we're, I've just been to a demo test of a new HIPAA compliant secure uh two-way video platform that we can franchise. And I think that, that that's going to be something that a business will want to get into here. Um Beyond just home security, if you look at telemedicine options and just a whole new suite of things that um, that's going to come out of that. Um, I think that an, another partnership partner is home, uh, data backup and security. Um, I think in the long run, cloud service for data backup is great. But in the end, if you can say that my local data is here and that's where it is, and you can point to the, you you can point to who's in charge of it. That that's going to have some value too. And mm-hmm. so we do have a a company we're working with about how to expand that.
1: Okay. So all of those
2: that's... are value add services to me. That if you can put that in a suite of options, and you can <laughs> do that at one customer service center, uh, that would be something that would be advantageous.
1: And I also would assume that this drives your overall uh take rate throughout the community because each of these services becomes one more reason why you should be on the 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 network the network and so yep. you should i assume are picking up additional people over time that you might not have pulled in otherwise
2: that is you're correct on that but there in terms of my that's my hope but mm-hmm. what we do firmly believe is that it will help with the stickiness of why you stay on as a customer ah. so when you get the, when you get that table provider flyer for that special you throw it first in the trash because you say i don't really care what you th- say because i can't live without xyz i've gotten mm-hmm. used to this i'm gotten used to this of having a local person that's helping me Learn technology, and or I really want my money to go to the school STEM program and support it. I don't want it going to outside my community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or if there's a referendum vote, for example, on bonds that would be issued, um, or you're going to show up at a board meeting and support the fact that we're going to issue revenue bonds to build more of the network. Mm-hmm. To me, those are the, that you're going to say, look at what all you're doing for us that to me is where the true value is. I think you'll get some on customer attraction, but retention and community support is really the bedrock.
1: Right. And and I think we have heard lots of stories from different state other um cities that the the local angle, you know, the things that you do for the community, the money that you bring back to the community Is an incredible market uh, differentiator from you know Comcast and Verizon and all these other big companies. Is that you're doing everything for your own folks, and that has market value, has retention value. Um, If you're going to expand, you know your reputation will precede you. You know, now Greg, you and I we talked about before. Uh, the show started, we talked about the fact that you're kind of a city on the hill, uh, literally. And, mm-hmm. and, and, if, and if there is any opportunities to, uh, to build belt, belt that area between Indianola and Des Moines, those people are going to be looking at, well, you have a reputation, you have a kind of community spirit, and all of those together will uh, drive... Additional adoption of your uh, your your network, if you do have to reach other parts of, a, of the community or the future parts of the community.
2: Yeah, and 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 also then that becomes your your suite that creates the buzz that the economic development folks you know tying this back into what we were talking about earlier in the show. That whole suite of activity is what I consider the flow of the capital that creates the buzz as to why the next 200 employee e relocation or expansion of a back office or something like that wants to happen on the southern end of the Des Moines metro instead of the northern end mm-hmm. uh, because because you can come in and say I want to be part of I want to be part of that buzz because it's small enough that we can be meaningful participants in it instead of just joining you know as another downtown firm we or somewhere else in our metro region we we have to have something mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we don't this doesn't have to be the crown jewel it just has to be you know on the crown
1: mm-hmm. uh i want to circle back about um the high schools um mm-hmm. i think that again that's a um there's a 2 side thing you're you're talking about revenue of getting parents to be subscribers but you also talk about how you invest in the high school community. And I don't know if people even think very much about that. Um, you know, this concept of the high school is a community and it kind of holds up the uh the economic uh model, you know, in terms of the rest of the the um that local economy your 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 high schools are feeding into that whole thing right
2: well and it's and it's in multiple ways um where I like where I'm hoping to start is to create an opportunity for kids in the video department at the high school that are learning video mixing and digital art and things like that for them to be able to work on local commercials for local businesses that go on our local channel that are going on to support the athletic events that are local athletes at the high school. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, that to me that's that's the loop that's one of the loops that's missing, um, in our community because we don't have local video. So, you know so that so you've got a skill set then that's being developed, um, you have a business case because that ad can be reused on multiple platforms in your network, if you have a mobile platform in, in addition to land-based, and then you're also saying to more of the community, hey, look what's going on in town. Uh, look what we're doing well. Um, here's the highlight reel. And then you're providing journalism opportunities. You're providing other things that we just don't do today because we don't do video. hmm So that's, that's the cycle that I hope to get started. hmm
1: and I think it's interesting. There was an article uh, a few days ago where someone was talking about um, the incumbents trash muni networks, and they claim that it's unfair uh, advantage, and they're saying this and that and the other which you have probably heard a lot. Um, but in reality, it's it's really unfair to consider. The city a competition uh, or a, a competitive threat because they're in a very different space. Whereas the incumbent is about selling bytes and selling you know uh, network services, but the city is really building an infrastructure to make that city a better place, and that's that's a very different thing entirely. And, um, and that's what people get behind is, you know, we're not just doing a, uh, you know, another knockoff network you know, kind of thing. We're building a new city with this infrastructure. Is that, you consider that to be an accurate assessment? I
2: think that's a very good aspirational place um, to be as a as a city community leader and somebody who should be um I've always felt that my community is paying me to use all my abilities not just the ones related to my employment and I, I that it's a great aspirational statement that uh you know we're not there but the journey to get there to me is worth the cost because 99% of the cost is will is incurred for the right reasons which is Mm -hmm. consumer demand. Consumers want this stuff. Um, It's just a question of what stuff they want. And so if we can make our corner of the world a better place uh, and make opportunities available um, using video or whatever, then then we're doing what we can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to—I uh, got a question from one of the audience members uh, today. Wanted to know if you guys are building uh, or starting any uh, uh, a uh, well, hacker space or a maker space. Do you have any of those in in place, or plan to have those in place?
2: We have aspirations to have one in place. Um, we have a local company um, that would like to figure out a way to add value to our 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 POP, where the data's where our servers are, and our backup power and our main internet feeds. We've got extra server rack space in there, and mm-hmm. we have talked about how to how to combine a co-working space with a maker space and An entrepreneurial development space and we we priced it out Um, we have a local opportunity we're just waiting on on businesses that could actually pay for the co-working space and that data center value but my understanding is is there's a way for that we could do that we are a rural community and so um by usda standards and so we've got the ability to do a, a low interest or zero interest loan to get that that space started and Part of what I want to do with this STEM symposium is to show the community that these activities are all going on behind closed doors. You, We're not seeing the kids in the basements that are starting their own business. You're not seeing because they don't have storefronts. Um, you are not, you're, you don't hear about the STEM clubs, and you don't think we can do that in Nindenola. Yes, we are. Yes, we can. And, by the way, we took second last year in the state from freshmen and sophomores going up against schools ten times our size, or, or four times our size. Certainly, STEM programs ten times our size. So this, this, I'm just at the front end of getting support for that space that we would love to have. Um, but first, we've got to get the awareness out, and the awareness, unfortunately, was waiting on on the take rates. And so, because the, the number one thing I keep hearing on the resistance side is, well, it doesn't do any good to have video program and nobody watches it because you've only got a 300 video customers. I'm like, well, uh, it certainly, that argument was a lot stronger, 100 maybe, or 200, but,
0: you know, if we can get up
2: to 500, you know, 500 households with um, an average of three per space, that's 1,500, uh, I don't know how much, you know, how much you expect us to do, but my main thing is how do I get that highlighted into the high school? How do Mm -hmm. I get this, because, you know, there's nothing more powerful than me walking into this empty building this empty pop Doing a little video shoot, and then having somebody do an art or a graphical rendering do a three sixty spin that shows business activities and then throw our merge logo up and throw up Simpson College logo and an actus logo and i m u and say, "Are you gonna join us Mhm you know I've got to get the audience but but i yes, the answer is yes, um with passion that we have a group of five or seven of us so we think we have the facilities we we just have and we have the financial backing it's just a question of how to get the revenue stream uh supported to finish it out
1: right okay we've got about 2 minutes left here um any thoughts on your community becoming like a model you know between you guys and Cedar Falls could you mm-hmm. guys envision you guys becoming the the template which even larger cities in Iowa can emulate some of the things that you guys are doing there in, Indian, in Indianola.
2: We, uh, we're we always open to, I know both of us are, to uh, going out and, and talking to either communities uh, that are envisioning uh, their telecom future and trying to expand their horizons of what that can mean. Uh, I know I've been invited to go to a few conferences and speak and hopefully we get that opportunity. To showcase because um, it's not so much to brag about what we are doing, but to learn how we can do more, and to inspire others to to see what they can do.
1: Right. Th- this is this is pretty ma- amazing stuff, all things considered. Um, and it's it's good to see how you guys have progressed, even just the two out the two years that you know you've been on the show before. And and what you guys have done, and I'm assuming that the gigabit is going to accelerate your progress in some way, right?
2: Yeah, the, that certainly I've received more um, enthusiasm about having that title as a community uh, than probably anything we've done yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Well, I think we're going to have to to wrap this for now. But um, I want to follow what things you guys are doing, and I think that you are indeed a, a bellwether that uh, other communities can learn from. So I thank you for being on the show again.
2: And we appreciate the opportunity.
1: Great. And uh, to our audience, thank you again for um, for re- joining us, and uh, we look forward to having more coming up. Yep. In, uh, in the next couple of weeks or so. Have a good have a week and weekend, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.